0: You can't stop them from tracking your data. You can't stop them from putting a score on you and labeling you, Uh, but you can implement some strategies to keep your credit report safe from identity theft uh, and keep your finances safe.
1: Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about your identity. Is it safe? Is your credit score safe from predators? And David, you and I have had uh, conversations about this, and of course, even podcasts on credit. Yeah. And so we want to go a little bit deeper today and talk about some of the things that you and I and of course our audience can do to protect ourselves, to keep our credit safe. This is so important today because there's been a lot of uh, breaching that's been going on. We know last year Experian had a huge uh, breach of their data and many people are affected. So we're gonna talk about some of the statistics and, and then hopefully give our audience some practical ways that they can protect themselves.
0: Yeah. And we have some really good news on today's episode, something that I've been waiting years for to happen uh, through the government and has finally happened. So I can't wait to share that with you Mm -hmm. guys later in the Mm -hmm. episode. We're going to do a brief intro to the credit reporting system, but I recommend you go back to episode 10 and listen to everything as we talk through FICO scores, the credit reporting companies, and really dig in. Uh, Once you finish this episode, go back and listen to episode 10.
1: Yeah, we do go into a lot more detail there. Here, just to give you an overview, Basically, credit reporting uh, is something that we are all, unfortunately, have to deal with, right? This is something that uh, is happening whether we like it or not. There are three companies out there, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, that each have a record of all of our transactions that are related to borrowing and financial transactions. So these three organizations keep track of our data. Uh, You can go to annualcreditreport.com to pull up your actual report once a year for free. This is a good thing. Or you can go to Credit Karma and you can also have an account there where you can pull up your credit score. So between those two, you can get an idea of where your credit is. If there's any information on there that that shouldn't be on there, this is something that that we highly recommend that you go on there at least to the annualcreditreport.com and check to see if all the data on there is correct. If there's any information that's not correct, uh, pursue it. Make sure that you get it cleaned up, and that's something you can do to each one of these bureaus. Credit scores range between 300 and 850, and of course, the higher the number, the the better, because it means that when you're borrowing, you're paying less in interest. You get the better rates, uh, and it costs you less to borrow. Um, And just to give you an overview, 350 to 620 is bad credit. So anything under 620 is not good. 620 to 660 is fair. 660 to 720 is good. And anything over 720 is considered excellent, which means that you'll get the best rate available.
0: Yeah. So let's take a look at the history of this. You've got these companies that are tracking your data, keeping your information, and then putting a score on you, which they then give to lenders. And lenders decide, oh, do I want to lend this person money Hmm. based on this (laughs) score? And you may have never even known it was happening. Like They don't have to alert you and tell you that they're tracking all your information and your data on borrowing and lending. They just do it. And so I have this love-hate relationship with this system. Uh, It's very interesting. I love what the government did a couple of years ago when they instituted Mm annualcreditreport.com because before that, you couldn't even get access to your report. So you didn't even know what information was out there about you.
1: You just knew if your credit (laughs) wasn't good enough to get the rate— Right, yeah, and if you apply for something, the only way you can do it is you'd have to let them know that I want a copy. So because if you turn me down for some for a loan or whatever, right. then you have the right to follow up and say, I want a copy of that report. Right. But you'd have to be turned down first. So right. So it was really hard to get that report.
0: Yeah. And then eventually you could pay for it. But finally, the government stepped in and said, hey, if you're going to track all this data on people, yeah. you have to at least give them a report. It's about time to report. share that information. Yeah. Once a year. Now, it's kind of funny because it's only once a year, one time. But hey, it's something. Uh, then, you know, capitalism happened and more competitors came into the market and mm-hmm. Credit Karma came in and said, hey, we're going to begin to offer people their score for free because we think that we can use their information to build other products and sell them things. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've really enjoyed using Credit Karma mm-hmm. because I get a free score. So, so more information, more access has been happening in the past decade. Well, this love-hate relationship, I love that they were able to build something uh, smart enough and big enough to track all the information. It allows a more easily and free-flowing economy mm-hmm. because if I'm going to lend to somebody and I can check their score... I have a little bit better confidence that they're going to pay me back. So it creates more trust in our economy. It allows money to be exchanged more easily. So I do appreciate that about the system, but I hate that they take all your information without permission, that most people don't even know what's happening. And that most people aren't educated on what to do about it and the identity risks that have been occurring uh, when you have one of the major credit bureaus have a huge, huge data leak and then not tell anybody about it for like a month and kind of sweep it under the rug. And then it comes out and they're forced to talk about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we've known about that for a while, but we didn't want to tell anybody. I mean, just crazy. It's
1: a huge (laughs) amount of power to have using the system that impacts every single individual in the U.S. And then... To not be responsible.
0: Yeah, you know, To allow this
1: to happen. And so it's like, there's so much power that these organizations have to manage and to change and potentially damage your, your life in oh, some ways. Yeah. And yet, when it comes to, well, what if something happens? There's very little that they, I mean, there's no liability on their end, really. Right. Right? I mean, right. What, what are you going to do? Yeah. You can't sue them for... Yeah, it's just it's really, really difficult. You could,
0: but I, I you know, it's yeah. gonna be difficult. You <laughs> know, you're is. the little guy in that situation. Yeah. And so um, you know, the other thing I hate about the system is that it really encourages debt and borrowing and it makes it so easy and seamless that more people end up borrowing more than they probably should. So yeah. those are my, my love-hate relationship with this whole system and process. Um, you can't stop them from tracking your data. You can't stop them from putting a score on you mm-hmm. and labeling mm-hmm. you. Uh, but you can implement some strategies to keep your credit report safe from identity theft uh, and keep your finances safe. And yeah. so let's talk a little bit about identity theft.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a huge problem in our country uh, when you consider the... Uh, the increase in identity theft. In fact, I read an article recently that talked about the odds of winning the lottery versus uh, encountering some kind of identity theft. (laughs) And the identity theft is one in 15. So one in 15 people have some sort of identity theft that's going to happen to them. That means that you know someone or are related to someone that's already faced this issue. That's true. Whereas the lottery, it's like one in 100 million, right? (laughs) So the odds are so much more that you're going to encounter identity theft. The latest information we have about the statistics on identity theft is from 2017, but I'm sure that they've gotten probably worse in 2018. But 6.64% of consumers became victims of identity theft or fraud, and that's again 1 in 15 people. That equals to 16, almost 17 million people in 2017 that have uh, experienced some kind of identity theft. And that grew over a million people from 2016, so again, it's going up, over a million children In the U.S., we're victims of identity theft. This is something that most people don't think about, but children have identities. Yeah. And people can use that information to open up accounts. So we have to be careful not only with ours, but also with our children's identity now, especially as they start to become teenagers. And then uh, there's a new victim of identity theft about every two seconds. That's pretty scary if you think about it. Identity theft is one of the most common consequences of data breaches, Here's the sad statistics. It takes about three months to find out what's happening uh, with when you experience identity theft, but 16% don't find out for three years. So think about it. Some, something can be happening to your credit. People could be taking out credit cards in your name, taking out loans in your name, and you may not find out, especially if you're not diligent to pull up your annual credit report, to have some kind of credit monitoring or even like a credit karma. Uh, app or something that gives you that information and your score and everything can be affected and your information could be totally ruined and you may not find out for months or years. Yeah. So that's why we're so so passionate about letting you know that the only way you'll know if you're safe is if you keep close to this information and, and make sure that you're seeking it out. Make sure that you have a way to ensure that identity theft doesn't happen to you first of all but if it does that you're very quickly find out before it gets really crazy out of hand.
0: Yeah, so you want to set some of these things up in advance. You mm-hmm. want to be ready before it happens. And the crazy thing is that these data breaches happen all the time mm-hmm. and you typically don't know. You know, it's several months before you find out, could be years. And that means that there's a chance that somebody on the internet has your social security number. Uh, has your credit card number, has your password, and they can use your password to get your email to get yep. other information. Yep. It's just crazy what people have access to. And so there's a few things that you want to put in place right now to protect yourself. And then there's a few things that we'll uh, recommend to you that will help keep you safe long term. Right. So, first and foremost, Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, the big thing was the introduction of the two-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. And I remember when two-factor authentication really came out in a big way, and and a lot of people were using it with their bank, or uh, Apple ID started using it, and different devices and different email accounts. And I was so annoyed by the fact that I typed in my email address, and then I typed in my password, and they're like, okay, great. Now we're going to text you. And now you need to use that code to mm-hmm. as a second factor of right. identification. And it used to drive me crazy, but now I love it. Yeah. I mean, it used to drive me crazy. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it YouTube. first started, it was, it was just like, wow, really? I already put in my password, <laughs> which yeah. you made me use complicated letters and numerals yeah. and yeah. all sorts of different upper and lowercase. I've already done the difficult part of that. And now you want to add another layer. But that second layer is actually more protection Mm -hmm. because if somebody has your password from one of these data breaches now, when they enter it in, they don't have your phone. And so when the text comes to your phone, you're the only one who knows. And if you see that text come through and you're like, well, who's trying to log into my account? You can begin to shut things down and clean things up really fast. So I highly recommend two-factor authentication. I know if you're like I was a couple of years ago, you might be very annoyed by it, but in a few years, you're gonna really appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the bottom
1: line here is that you wanna make sure that you stay safe. And yes, it's an inconvenience, but unfortunately in the world we live in, and the access that people have to data, we need to make sure that we protect ourselves. So this is a a measure that, yes, it requires an additional step, and it may be frustrating to have to do that, but the alternative is, is a bad, bad deal right? I mean, we don't want to go to the point where we find out, because we didn't want to take this additional step, we find out that financial information has been uh, breached and that we have lost money or or people have drained our accounts or whatever. I mean, yeah. these are the kind of things that, that could be devastating. So it's inconvenient, yes, but it's like the seatbelt. We didn't have seatbelt back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, but now the idea of not wearing a seatbelt is just downright foolish because of the speeds and because of the potential damage. So Yeah, I understand. I'm just as frustrated at the fact that we have to add these extra measures, but the alternative is not something I want to deal with.
0: Yeah. Another great thing to do is set up account alerts so that anytime that your bank is utilized or a new credit score or a new uh, credit application is put in or a new credit card pops up on your account, you're Mm -hmm. made aware of it. Now, even if you are the one that made that transaction, or started that new application, it still alerts you so that if anybody else ever tries to do it, it alerts you and you know. So set those alerts up. You can do it at your bank. You can do it at creditkarma.com. You can do it across every financial institution that you're using. So you'll be alerted. I have alerts that tell me, anytime I spend money on certain cards that I don't usually use. Right. And every now and then I'll use something and I'll be like, oh, all right, I got an alert and it told me that I used it. Okay, that's good
1: to have. <laughs> yeah, it's so important because, again, it's an additional information that gives you instant, right, instant notification of something's happening that you didn't initiate. And that's really what you're trying to do is to make sure that what you're spending your money on, yes, I mean, if I go... Christmas shopping and I'm buying five or six gifts, I'm going to get six alerts that says there's a transaction that's happened. And that could be annoying, but at the same time, what if somebody else got a hold of my card because I left my wallet at the counter and now they're charging a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah. So it's so important. Again, it is an extra step, but we're trying to help you to stay safe because identity theft can be very, very devastating and it can last a very, very long time. And I cannot stress how important this is. I've never experienced it, but I have family that has, and I'm telling you, it is a nightmare that you do not want to be part of. Okay, the last thing that we want to cover on protecting yourself is how to freeze or lock your credit. And this is something that we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about because it's such a cool thing that's happened recently that we've had this opportunity now to be able to lock our credit, freeze our credit, really from each one of these credit bureaus now.
0: Yeah, so uh, let's go back to the love-hate relationship. I hate that they're tracking all this data on us. I love that they gave us the option to freeze our credit, but I hate that they used to charge us $10 or more Mm -hmm. to freeze the credit. What that means is they had all this information on you. They're giving it away to uh, lenders that want to learn about you and want to see if they want to lend you money. And if you wanted to freeze them to stop them from sharing your information, Mm -hmm. you had to pay them. In order to stop them from sharing your information. It's frustrating. It was crazy. Now, some states realized it was crazy, and they began to implement laws that said, no, you need to allow consumers to freeze for free. Right, right. And enough states got together, and this became such a big issue, especially last year with the huge Experian data leak and all the problems. And so finally, federally, the government said, okay, we're going to put a stop to this having to pay for a freeze, and we're going to make it free. That's awesome. All right. So this is the big thing. This is the whole point of this episode is that you can now freeze your credit for free. And it is a major, major way to stop uh, ID theft people from coming and taking your identity. Right. Because if they happen to have your social security number, if they happen to have your account information, and they go to a lender and they say, I want to open a new credit card. Mm-hmm. I want to open a new mortgage in this name with this social security number. Yeah. they The lender goes to the credit report company and says, hey, give me the information. I want to lend this person money. Right. And the credit company says, no there's a freeze on this account. We can't tell you anything. right? And so the mortgage company says to the identity theft person, no, we're not going to give you any money. Yep. And your the credit's frozen. It's, so it's
1: frozen. If you're the person, unfreeze it. Right. If you're exactly. not, then
0: go away. <laughs> and so the great thing now is that you can freeze your credit for free and you can unfreeze it for free. It's called dethawing it. Now, it used to cost at least $10. Uh, and you had to do all three report companies. So it'd be $30 to freeze all your reports. And then you had to figure out which one needed to be unfrozen in order to get a loan on something that you actually wanted. So you were looking at a minimum out-of-pocket of $40. That drove me crazy. I was so frustrated. Now, I will say at least we don't operate in China where they're implementing a social credit score system. And their social credit score system, they started implementing it in 2014. They're running tests. It'll be fully implemented by 2020. But their social score, it means that if you have poor financial transactions, if you have problems in borrowing and lending, it'll actually begin to change your social life. Mm -hmm. They won't let you get on certain flights. You literally can't fly from some cities to other cities. You have to take a bus now Mm -hmm. because your social score is so low. They will exclude Uh. you or your kids from private school. No, no, your kids can't go to the school because you have a low score. Uh, They may slow your internet connection down. (laughs) I mean crazy wow. stuff. That's crazy. Uh, I, I saw billboards where they will put your face on a billboard, uh, giant billboards like we have in, in New York Times Square. They will put in Hong Kong and in Shanghai, and they will put billboards of your face with a low score and say, beware of this person. They're oh, untrustworthy. Wow. That's incredible. Can you imagine the shame and the guilt? Mm. Now, the reason that they're doing this is because in the U.S., we've had this system for so long, and there's a general trust in the U.S. that, that typically, um, if you go into business with somebody, you trust they're going to do right by you in China, there's not that same level of trust. Hmm. In fact, there's almost a fear that if you go into business with somebody, they're going to rip you off unless you have some kind of leverage. And that's why they're implementing this social score system is to make it like, no, you're going to feel the pain if you rip someone off because they have so many problems with it. So my point here is not to go into that system, but you know, Paying $40 for a credit freeze, you know, last year was not as bad as having to deal with something like the social credit system <laughs> in China, but uh, it drove me nuts. And so, you know, I was doing a little light reading, Leo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U.S. Code. So if you go to uscode.house.gov, yeah. That's right? That's what I do on my time. Yeah, on my spare time, <laughs> I was reading through Title 15, Chapter 41, Subchapter 3. The U.S. Code is incredibly interesting. It's part of where the IRS is. It's part of where our tax code is. I say it's interesting. It's actually really dull and dry. <laughs> but <laughs> I it's think everybody would agree with that. These layers, layer upon layer. And if you go down deep enough, from the Commerce and Trade to the Consumer Credit Protection to the Credit Reporting Agencies. As you go through those layers, Congress finally passed laws that enacted and allow us to get a free credit freeze. It says it right here. I'm just going to read it. Upon receiving a direct request from a consumer, now you're the consumer requesting, upon receiving a direct request from a consumer, uh, a reporting agency must place a security freeze. And you have to supply proper identification. uh, But that reporting company has to do it free of charge and shall place the security freeze uh, very quickly. Now, there's some time constraints here. But, I mean, it used to be like, oh, this could take a week. This could take this long. And the government shut that down. They would
1: drag their feet. Yes. Because they didn't want to do it. Right. You know, the bottom line with this is you realize that what the credit agencies are doing, it's all money-driven, right? They don't want you to have access to your information unless you pay for it. They don't want creditors to have access to the information unless they pay for it. So obviously they have costs. It's a company, it's a business, they have employees, so they have costs. And anything that they're trying to protect is because it hits their bottom line. So I'm grateful that this law is passed because why should I have to pay? Again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Why should I have to pay to protect my information, which they have, which I rather they didn't, but again, there's a right. there's a love and hate relationship there that we both talked about. So I I agree. I'm so grateful that this information has now been provided, and I'm grateful that they set a time limit, because if they said, well, yeah, you can, but it's going to take two weeks. Well, in two weeks, if I think something is amiss, so to speak, right. and, and I might be in trouble of of potentially a breach or something like that. And if I can't make that happen within 24 hours or so, then what's the point? I'm not really protecting myself. So I'm glad that they actually were able to get it down. It says in the code that it's one business day after receiving the request directly from the consumer. So it is time sensitive.
0: Yeah, and if you request by phone, uh, then they have to do it within one hour. They have to remove... Um, your credit for freeze if you want to unfreeze your credit. So again, very quickly, you can freeze it quickly and you can unfreeze it quickly. And that's a big deal if you're trying to get a home mortgage or you're trying to buy a car or trying to go through uh, different things. It allows you to freeze and unfreeze very quickly.
1: Okay. So let's talk about what a credit freeze really is. Um, So a credit freeze makes your credit report inaccessible to most people. With some exceptions. You can access your own records, including getting your free annual credit report while your credit reports are frozen. Um, for pre existing creditors and debt collectors, they still have access, right? You don't want them not to have access because these are people you're already doing business with. And a freeze has no effect on your credit score, which is really important because if it did have, negative impact, then it wouldn't be a benefit, right? So I'm right. glad that, that it doesn't.
0: Yeah. So what are the pros of freezing your credit? Well, A, you have peace of mind knowing that you're protected against a lot more identity theft mm-hmm. opportunities. Right. Uh, identity thieves cannot take your information to a lender and get a loan in your name, and that is extremely helpful. Uh, they won't be able to open accounts in your name. It's going to save you the hassle and the time. It's one of the strongest forms of protection that we have when it comes to identity theft.
1: Yeah, so what are the cons? Uh, Well, the cons of freezing your credit report is that it can be inconvenient. This is to me probably the biggest obstacle, is that once you freeze it, you have to be aware and you have to be cognizant that if you do decide to apply for a loan or want to take out a credit card or something like that, you have to go back, unfreeze it, and then go ahead and, and proceed. So it is inconvenient in that sense. You also have to establish accounts with Equifax, TransUnion, uh, and Experian when you uh, freeze your account, right? So there's a pin that you're gonna have to have in order to freeze it and then you'll have to remember that pin. And this is important because if you don't, it could be a hassle to get back in and unfreeze it. So that, that's kind of a thing to remember there. A freeze can give you a false sense of security. Uh, and this is another con because you may still be susceptible to credit fraud or other fraud involving your social security number. For instance, somebody can apply for a job using your social security number, and then the taxes, if they don't pay taxes on uh, the income that they make, then you're going to be liable for those taxes. So yeah. it, there are other types of identity theft that's not going to be protected through your credit score. So just be aware of that. Yeah,
0: this helps you. This helps you a lot, but it doesn't do everything. All right. I mean, you have to be aware uh, there. There are other forms of theft. And even from stealing your passwords, getting into your accounts, transferring money uh, that doesn't require going through the credit reporting companies or through a lender. There are ways that people can take your identity or your money. Mm -hmm. So don't have a complete false sense of security that, oh, I'm perfectly safe now. But this is another excellent layer of security.
1: Yes. The thing to I think to focus on here is that you're just preventing a potential identity theft person to take on additional loans or credits out in your name. It, yep. it doesn't really affect the things that you already have going. In fact, another con is that a credit freeze won't affect your current account. Um, but if a thief steals information on an existing account, your credit may be used without your permission. It is still important to check statements carefully, right? I mean, it's yeah. it, you can't just say, well, I've got a freeze on it or I've got a company that's monitoring my credit. I don't have to look at it. No, I mean, you've got credit statements that are coming in every month if you have a credit card. And it's important that you keep abreast of your financial transactions, regardless of where you have them, whether it's a credit card, a debit card. And, and this is why we do what we do is if you don't have a budget, if you don't have a way that you're managing your money day to day, where you're fully aware of what's going on, by the time you find out 20 days later after your account balance right. or statement comes in, it's too late. You know, you're know you gonna suffer some consequences that are not gonna be pleasant. So what we're trying to tell you is this is a really cool benefit to be able to freeze your credit, but ultimately what it does is it helps you to, it just gives you another layer of protection, but it doesn't completely absolve you from your responsibility, right. which is to make sure you keep an eye on your information.
0: Right, and so I wanna reemphasize one thing is that PIN number. When you freeze your credit report, uh, they're going to give you a pin that only you have access to. You're the only one who knows that information, and it's long, and you've got to save it somewhere forever. You need to put it in your safe. You need to take a picture of it. You need to store that picture in three different places. (laughs) Like You do not want to lose that pin because if you lose that pin, now when you call to unfreeze your credit— they're like, well, you're probably a thief trying yep. to steal this person's you're be credit because like you North don't have the pin. To right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so now there's a whole other layer of frustration. So that idea that, that freezing it and then unfreezing it can be inconvenient that's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like the two factor authentication used right. to be extremely inconvenient to me. Perfect example. Yep. But now I'm grateful for it. And I am extremely grateful for the credit freeze being free and they can't charge us for it anymore. That's big news. I've yep. been waiting years for this and frustrated at the companies and at the government that nobody was chasing this down and doing right. something. So, how do you freeze your credit? Go to Equifax go to Experian, go to TransUnion. You can literally just go online, Google those, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. Or you can call them. Their phone numbers are there online. Uh, just reach out to them. They've all got a guide on how to do it. Very simple, very easy. And I, I, mean, I say go, go to Google. I could literally read the phone numbers, and the, yep. the. but come on, go to Google, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, read their guide, Get it in place
1: today. Yeah, I would I would encourage you to just go to each individual organization, each one that we just mentioned, and set up an account if you don't have one. And again, you should go on there anyway to get your annual credit report. So if you haven't done it, this is a good time of year to do it. And while you're there, go ahead and set up that, that ability for you to be able to freeze it. Set up the uh, the PIN number, all of that. And again, keep good records, just like you would with your finances, Right. And, and it's not a hard thing to do. It's actually quite easy. And I'm very grateful that they made it very simple for us to do it.
0: Yep. Well, I want to say thank you for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed it, please. Go online, rate it, review it, subscribe to the podcast. That's huge for us. It helps others find it. It helps increase the algorithm on iTunes or CastBox or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. It increases the algorithm so other people can find it easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, Please, if you're on iTunes, rate it five stars. If you're on CastBox, submit a comment and and heart the little, you know, each episode, put a heart by it. That helps us serve more people. And we consider it, you know, it's a huge huge favor if you do that for us. Uh, You can also share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you go for social media. Just put a link out there and say, hey, I've been enjoying this podcast. I'd hope a few friends would listen. That would mean the world to us. Yes. Uh, We'd love to hear that. You can also friend us on social media, David Thompson, Leo Sabo. And if you will go on there and find us, uh, you know, add us into one of those comments. We'll be forever grateful. You can find the show notes to this episode, more content and resources at leosebo.com. And we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money right. right.
1: important to check statements carefully right i mean it's yeah. it, you can't just say well i've got a freeze on it or i've got a company that's monitoring my credit i don't have to look at it no i mean you've got credit statements that are coming in every month if you have a credit card and it's important that you keep abreast of your financial transactions